Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Junior Show once again. <laughs> this is a crazy, crazy time in America, folks, and I I know that you know about it, and I know you're following all of this. It's just totally unbelievable, unbelievable. But anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Junior Show, uh, broadcasting live. We're live. We're not podcasted, but we will be podcasted as soon as the show is over. But it is just so much going on in the, in the news, in the world, in, in America. I mean, it's hard not to try to talk about it. Well, George, you talk too much politics. Ah, I just care about my country. I care about the direction that it's going. And so many things are happening. I mean, folks, get the popcorn, get you a Coke or something, sit back and just watch this. I was going to say S-H-I-T, play out, which I should say. Uh, it's just a horrible time in America. It's it's not funny, but it's in some ways it is comical. Uh, it's just awful. It's just awful. I mean, I know you heard about uh, Nancy Pelosi asking Trump not to give his State of the Union speech because of security uh, concerns. To me, that sounds like it was legitimate. She's asking him. He she wasn't telling him. She was asking, but Trump retaliated as if she was ask, uh, telling him. Uh, uh, he, he postponed a trip that she had, and I'm hearing that uh, before he postponed the trip, that Nancy already had canceled it. So that's what I'm hearing. And now Donald Trump cancels a trip to DeVos. Uh, 
uh, in the midst of the shutdown. This is just crazy. This man is <laughs> – and now he's blaming uh, – well, he always has blamed the shutdown on the Democrats, and Trump says he's going to use this shutdown in 2020 to get reelected. He forgets quickly that the shutdown is his baby. He owns the shutdown. This shutdown will work against him. He talks as if um, he's going to use the shutdown against the Democrats and win re-election. The 85 to 90 percent of the American people know that this shutdown is Donald Trump's fault, along with Mitch McConnell, who has uh, the power to hold a vote in the in the Senate and override uh, Trump's veto and reopen the government. Mitch McConnell is not going to do that because he's also blaming the Democrats. I'm going to tell you something, folks. I think the Republicans are through. I think the Republican Party is done for. Lies. Just think of all the folks who have left the Republican Party. Prominent people. I'm not talking about people on the street. I'm talking about prominent people. I'm talking about millionaires, billionaires. I'm talking about donors to the Republican Party. Trump is trying to raise money right now, trying to raise money to run for re-election. I don't think he has any uh, uh, people out there who's going to send him money. I mean, he may have some of his deplorable uh, supporters sending him money, a dollar here or five bucks there or something, but real money. He needs real money to run for president of the United States, and he doesn't have it. The other other day when he was on, uh, I mean – television or uh, talking about something um the democrats snubbing him or not going to a meeting that he invited them to he took the time to actually ask the viewers for cash and i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure that that over half of americans probably laughed at that you know he's he's looking for money to run I mean, why not use his own money? What stops him is stopping him from using his own money. He claims he's a billionaire. I mean, we have a new governor in the state of Illinois, J.B. Prisker. The reason why this guy won is because he used his own money. He didn't ask for people to give him money. He didn't wasn't out there begging or or rallying to to for people to come out of their pockets and give give him money. Prisker spent millions on his own campaign and he you know he he won we've got rid of we've gotten rid of sorry i'm I'm a little bit uh nervous he we have gotten rid of bruce rauner i mean if you've been listening to the show and following this show you know that i was not a big fan of bruce rauner i i you know uh i even if i can say it wrote a short story about (laughs) bruce rauner and his governing style in illinois I fictionalized it though, so you know I changed names and everything, and I gave it a little story, a fictionalized story. But basically, it's 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 a short story, and it's pretty powerful uh, about him, you know. So it's called uh, what is it called? The The Devil at Midnight. <laughs> it's short. It's a short and sweet read, and that's what I like, folks. I, when I write, I like to write short and sweet. I don't want to give you something that's 300 pages or 400 pages long. Uh, I don't want to criticize. I'm going, I'm talking about writing. Uh, I don't want to criticize Stephen King. I mean, but Stephen King writes these thousand page books and 
he's been criticized, and I think rightly so, for writing these um, 500,000-page books and really not saying anything. Uh, Basically, his books, when he writes books, these kinds of books, the story really doesn't start to come together until you all until you done read about nine hundred pages and then something starts to happen. I'm not saying that for all of his books. I'm just saying that I have a lot of Stephen King books. And um yeah, it's true. He does he, that's his style. I mean he rambles on for the first few hundred pages and suddenly things start to happen. He he starts to get into the gut of the story. And I'm saying that to say this, when I write, the first page of my, of whatever I'm writing has to pull in the reader because it's a short story. So I can't write 100 uh, or 200 pages before something actually happens. I mean, when I'm writing, if you check it out on, on my stuff on Amazon, sometimes you can even read that stuff for free, especially if you have a Kindle Unlimited. Okay. Kindle Unlimited, but I try to get to the brunt of the story right from the first page because all of my stories are short and sweet. I j- sweet, and I just can't see myself writing a thousand-page novel or an action uh, story, simple prose, and then not selling. I mean, I have so many titles and so many stories going through my brain. I got to... I can do about six or seven short stories per year. Now, why would I want to uh, uh, trade that for writing a uh, 500 to a 600-page book that's m- maybe no? Anyway, I guess I'm just saying that to say this. Uh, I, I'm not criticizing Stephen King, and I'm, and I'm not praising myself. I'm just saying this is what I do. This is what I, I don't. How, do, how did I get on writing when I was talking about Trump? Just something that happens. It's just <laughs> something that happens. All right. The uh, White House is scrapping a planned delegation trip for the World Economic Forum. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm kind of glad that Trump is canceling this trip because he is so, so bad, so awful when he goes overseas to try to represent the United States. Trump doesn't represent the United States. He goes overseas, and wherever he goes, he represents himself. You know, the hell with the, the hell with the United States. That's that's Trump. Okay, Trump is in a lot of trouble. Uh, his um, former uh, lawyer and fixer for maybe 10, 12, 20 years, Michael Cohen, is set to. Uh, Testify in front of Congress, I believe, on February 7th. And, you know, he's already saying that Trump, uh, he rigged the 2016 election in favor of Donald Trump. The polls, uh, Democrats should investigate that. The Republicans will not. Uh, They will not investigate. It'll just sit there. Okay, Cohen says Trump directed him to pay for poll rigging. You know. Uh, the Democrats uh, are just trying to get more proof on Donald Trump that he did these things so they can have a solid case against him. 
they're not letting any of these allegations or accusations go uh, uh, unheard. They are masking together a lot of this crap, uh, uh, the felons, the two felons that he is implicated in. And now Cohen is saying that Trump directed him to pay for poll rigging, just like he directed Cohen to pay for uh, sexual favors of Stormy Daniels. And her once famous lawyer, Michael Avenatti, (laughs) I, I think this guy is done. I'm pretty sure he's been trying to get on television, but uh, his personal problems are, are dragging him down. So they said, no, no, we can't have that. We got to we can't have that. OK, because he was once running for president. Right. <laughs> but now that's been dashed, totally dashed. Anyway, Cohen says Trump directed him to pay uh, for poll rigging. Uh, obviously, Trump is is denying it all, of course. And if Trump denies it, it must be true. It must be true. Trump can't even spell hamburger. I was I was at a meeting today, and people were talking about Donald Trump. Uh, people were talking about Donald Trump. I was at this meeting in this office. I'm not going to tell you what it was for, but believe me, I was at a meeting, and and Donald Trump came up. You know, I mean, you can hear. Americans talking about Donald Trump at the dinner table, in the library, the financial aid office of their colleges. <laughs> I just gave it up, right? Uh, you can hear people talking about Donald Trump walking down the street, and it's not good, and none of it's good. Donald Trump is the talk of the town, if not the talk of the world, and he doesn't care. The guy doesn't care. And uh, if he doesn't care, then, you know, uh, this is just awful. I mean, uh, this tit for tat that Donald Trump is initiating against Nancy Pelosi is garbage. It is totally, totally inappropriate. It's totally inappropriate for Donald Trump to be tit for tat. So she she cancels his State of the Union uh, address for for January 29th because of the government shutdown. It sounds like a real feasible plan to me because you can't go and and do a um uh, uh an address to America if you don't have security detail, you don't have capital police, you have not, no one there to protect you. You know, uh, and plus these people are the folks who actually put this all together. They they put it all together. And they're federal employees and they're not getting paid. The, there's a government shutdown. This is why she said no. For safety, safety concerns, we're not going to have you speak. And this asshole went and tried to stop her from going on her trip. It's called retaliation. He tried to retaliate against her on a trip that she had – I'm hearing that she had already canceled before he even decided to uh, uh, retaliate. Okay? And and this trip that he said he canceled, this is a part of her job. 
This is a part of what she gets paid to do. How can you do that? She, I don't think Donald Trump has the authority to tell Nancy Pelosi that she cannot uh, have the Pentagon fly her uh, somewhere in the world where it is her job and duty to be. I don't think he has that authority. Donald Trump wants to be a dictator. He doesn't have that authority to tell Nancy Pelosi uh, 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 anything. This is a divided government, but we have three equal branches of government. Finally, Donald Trump has checks and balances on his ass from the House of Representatives, not from the Senate, though. Because the Senate is loaded with uh, Donald Trump's ass kisser. So, uh, but there is one uh, chamber in the House in Congress that is checking Donald Trump. And they, they mean business. The more Donald Trump op- opens his mouth, the, pissed off, uh, the more pissed off that Democrats become and they want to nail his ass. They have access to his income taxes. They have access to his finances. I'm pretty sure all of that stuff is in the rears because he doesn't like to pay his bills. I mean, you know, uh, if you think about it, Donald Trump is running America just like he ran his businesses. And most of his businesses have gone away. You know, I mean, he's got six bankruptcies. He's had six or seven bankruptcies. Right now, there are 17 investigations. You know, and uh, I just think anybody who supports Donald Trump is a is a, is a fool. I'm gonna come out and say it. If you are a Trump supporter, you are a fool, and you will never ever change the minds of those who think you are fools. I mean, I've had. I mean, I'm on Facebook. I've had um, Donald Trump supporters try to tell me I'm I'm a fool. I'm ignorant. But uh, you know, these people. Are, are something else. These people are something else. And I mean, if you walk out in front of your house or your home or your neighborhood, you're walking around, you're going to run, in Don, run into Donald Trump supporters. I ran into this lady the other day. She was 86 years old. And uh, we, always, we were having a pleasant conversation until she told me she was a Trump supporter. Then I knew I just had to go because I, I, I am nowhere near a Trump supporter. I'm not a liberal. I'm an independent. So you can't say that I'm a Democrat. But Donald Trump has checks and balances on him. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Um, all right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. And it's great to be on the radio. I've been on four or five years now, and and I'm loving every second of it. I'm loving, you know, my son, he was supposed to join me on the show. I wanted him to be, uh, take it over. But, um, like, you know, sometimes you have children who will not follow in your footsteps. Sometimes you have children who will not, who just doesn't have or the talent or the, um, uh, gall or strength or just doesn't have the fortitude to follow in their parents' footsteps. I don't think he will follow in my footsteps. I don't think he's interested in doing this. I, I don't see why. I've tried him. I've tried. I've had my son on my show time and time again, and I see that this is not 
for him. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> there's a lot of things that, that he doesn't like. And uh, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because I want him to follow in my footsteps, you know, in case something happens to me, he could take over the show. But he's not interested. He's not interested. He doesn't have the voice, the temperament, or uh, the the experience, or even think about getting the experience to be um, a radio host, uh, internet radio host, or over-the-air radio host. Um, sometimes you, you, you have kids who uh, they just will not follow in your footsteps in terms of doing something positive with their lives. Then you than other people do. It's great to have a child uh, following your footsteps, especially if what you're doing is something positive and it's uh, and, and it's making money. You know, but if you got kids who just aren't interested in, in, in what you're doing because they just aren't interested, it's nothing you can do. It's nothing you, you can do because I've tried screaming and yelling. That didn't do anything. And I tried calmly and telling him the benefits of um, following in my footsteps, and he just, I got to go, Daddy. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show is on the air, and uh, as I was saying, Trump cancels his trip because of a shutdown. Trump doesn't want to cancel anything. And this guy is stuck in the mud when it comes to this shutdown. And, and it's, it, it's, it's very, very um, telling and it's very, very heartbreaking when you see people not working at their governmental jobs. The federal, uh, federal workers uh, furloughed and not working or working or working and not getting paid. It's very, very sad. To see that, I mean, I was just watching a few videos of people, uh, of young people uh, on television uh, uh, saying how they're trying to cope with no paycheck, wondering how they're going to pay their car note, their rent, their mortgage, uh, their child's college, and even how to feed their families, their children. You got some of these people going to food banks. I have to say this. I didn't know that so many people were living from check to check. That startled me. I've learned something. I did, especially working for the government. I mean, working for the, the federal government. You would think these people had money in the bank or something. You know, you think they were saving their asses off because virtually if you have a job with the federal government, that's a pretty good job and you're making a pretty good penny. And especially if you've been there for, you know, a few years and you've gained a lot of experience. So you feel that you think that uh, I've never had a federal job. I never had a, a, a job as a federal worker. I, however, uh, Years ago, I wanted one because I thought that having a federal job, that gave you some sort of prestige. I mean, buy a car, buy a house, you know, a boat or whatever. Uh, uh, people look up to you, you know, George is a federal worker, you know. I didn't know that so many of them, maybe half of that 800000 or maybe a little over half, they don't have 
savings. They don't have money in the bank. They don't have savings. They don't have money in the bank. They're living from one check to the next. These things are new to me. <laughs> How can you be a federal worker and living from check to check? What are you doing with your money? And I'm not criticizing anybody. It's just that federal jobs are good jobs. I mean, I mean, you can do what you whatever you have to do with bills, and you can sock a little bit away. But there's such a there is such a high percentage of people who don't have any savings, and they're living from check to check at being a federal worker. And I'm saying, what the hell? You know, you've been working for the federal government for 10 or 15 years, and you don't have anything in the bank. You don't have anything to fall back on. Because if you're living from check to check, you may be one check away from not being able to feed your children. You could be one check away from actually getting evicted and becoming homeless. You can be one check away uh, from getting your car repossessed if you have payments. So uh, it's pretty bad when you see federal workers going to food pantries. I can understand uh, it's been a, it's been almost a month since the government shut down, and I can understand uh, uh, some people actually uh, have fallen on hard times. A lot of people. These government workers have fallen on hard times. They have children. They have, you know, fallen on hard times. And in another month or so, if the shutdown still goes on, it's going to affect those who are getting food stamps. And who's going to starve the most? Children. Children. I'm not talking about adults. I'm talking about children. Are going to be the one ones who starve, and I can't see how people just laugh at that. They're laughing. Well, they're not my cat. They're not my child. Let them starve. You know, people are are laughing. People don't give a, give a care. They don't give a fuck. You know about kids. You think and um, the Republicans they don't care. Trump doesn't care if the, your kids starve because. Uh, the government shutdown has now hit SNAP benefits. Can't buy food. Wow, that is something. That is something. And sometimes Trump, if you think about it, sometimes Trump, he acts like he he's the one who is paying these workers who uh, – he said something – excuse me, I got that wrong. He said something the other day that – I can't think of what he said. What did he say? You don't know either. Okay. <laughs> but it, it was wild and crazy, whatever it was. Telling uh, telling uh, federal workers to um, try to make money with their hobby. Wow. Uh, a Republican said, I can't think of his name, but a Republican said that maybe they should take out a loan. Crazy. Uh, I think Trump said that maybe they should ask their landlord or, or their mortgage, the people who are in, in charge of their mortgage, if they can do something around the house or something around the building or around their homes. 
uh, to try to stay in their homes. Uh, that that's a non-starter. Uh, that's just crazy. Even some of the Republicans are saying, "Open back up the government. Stop this silliness. Open the government back up, and then talk about getting a wall." This is so crazy. The Democrats are trying to get as much evidence, airtight evidence on Donald Trump as they can get so they can uh, impeach his ass. But right now, they're saying that they're waiting on Mueller's full final report on uh, Donald Trump. But you know what? I don't think the Democrats actually need Mueller's report. They've got enough on him already <laughs> to, to hang him. Uh they do. They have enough already, but they want to wait for Mueller's report. That's why they haven't moved to impeach him. Impeaching Donald Trump in the House is not going to remove him. He will just be impeached in the House. That just may scare him to death uh, because he will still be in office. Remember when they uh, impeached uh, Bill Clinton? However, he still had his job. That's because uh, there was one side of the chamber – uh, uh, impeach him and the other side did not uh, Before re- A president can re- be removed You gotta have the House And the Senate on the same page And in both cases They're not This is why if Trump is impeached by the Democrats He will s- still Be president and he will still Be wrecking uh, uh, The economy Because the economy is being wrecked these people aren't working. They don't have any money, so therefore they can't go out and buy anything. Uh, when you don't have any money, no cash, no capital, you don't have anything to go out and buy, that affects the economy. Because that establishment that you usually buy from, they're going to uh, go under. Their stock is going to fall because nobody's coming in this store and buying anything. They don't have any money. All of that shit affects the economy. I think Donald Trump does a lot of things. That he does not feel That he does not know How much of an impact It will cause He does things spontaneously And he, after he does them He realizes that uh, He didn't know certain things Were going to happen He doesn't realize The impact of his decisions Or The things that he's doing to America Until they are done if that makes any sense. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back. Here is Adam Schiff. To the House, where Democrats just took control, and they're starting the year with a very long to-do list. Joining me now, a member of Democratic leadership, the new chairman of the House Select Committee on Intelligence, Congressman Adam Schiff. Mr. Chairman, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jake. Happy New Year. So um, you you, you just heard me talk with Acting uh, Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, uh, and one of the things uh, that Mulvaney and I were talking about uh, was the deliberations about the president potentially invoking emergency powers to fund the border wall. Uh, what do you make of that? What do you think? I make of that uh, really threatening talk from the president uh, that he doesn't have the power to execute. Look, if uh, Harry Truman couldn't nationalize the steel industry during wartime, uh, this president doesn't have the power to declare an emergency and, and build a multi-billion dollar wall on the border. So that's a non-starter. Um, and I think that uh, what the president needs to do more than anything else, he's painted himself into a corner on this thing. 
is figure out how he unpaints himself uh, from that corner. We need to reopen the government. We need to put people back to work. And I think uh, Senator Jones was making a very important point, which is really something that uh, I'm very focused on as well, and that is we can't allow this continual process uh, that was really modernized by the Tea Party that if I don't get what I want, if I don't get what I don't have the votes for, if I don't get what the country doesn't want, I'm just going to shut down the government. Uh, if you reward the president with that kind of tactic, Jake, then we're going to see every year the president shutting down the government, and we just can't afford to do business that way. You just took control of the House Intelligence Committee. Uh, meanwhile, the grand jury in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation has just been extended for up to another six months. Uh, I know that you're not directly working with uh, Mueller's uh, investigation, but what do you make of that? Well, he's clearly not done. Uh, there's more work for the grand jury. Now, whether that is a full six months more work or some uh, portion less than that, uh, clearly there are other potential charges that he must be considering. There's no purpose for a grand jury, I think, otherwise. Uh, we are trying to deconflict uh, with the special counsel. Uh, over the last two years, frankly, our committee was working to conflict itself with the special counsel to make the special counsel's work more difficult. Um, we hope, uh, as one of our first acts, to make the transcripts of our witnesses fully available to special counsel for any purpose, including uh, the bringing of perjury charges, if necessary, against any of the witnesses, but also to see the evidence that they contain and help flesh out the picture for the special counsel. We also uh, really immediately went to work in reaching out to private institutions uh, to lay the foundation to get records uh, as soon as our committee is constituted. Is there anybody in specific uh, you have in mind when talking about somebody who may have committed perjury before your committee? Are you talking about uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr.? Are you talking about Michael Cohen? Are you talking about Roger Stone? Uh, you know, I don't want to go into enumerating particularly who I have concerns about, but I do have concerns about uh, certainly multiple witnesses. Uh, and I think Bob Mueller, by virtue of the fact that he has been able to uh, conduct this investigation using tools that we didn't have in our committee, uh, meaning compulsion, uh, is in a better position to determine, okay, who was telling the truth, who wasn't, uh, and who could I make a case against uh, in terms of perjury. So um, there's no reason to protect these witnesses. There's every reason to validate Congress's interest in not having people come before it and lie. Uh, and I think people felt that they had some kind of immunity uh, with the GOP majority at the time because they would often intervene to tell witnesses you don't have to answer that question, uh, you don't have to say anything you don't want or come in uh, even if you don't want to, we're not going to compel you and that's simply no way to run an investigation. A knowledgeable source uh, just told me this morning uh, that the Trump White House quote forced out Pentagon Chief of Staff Rear Admiral uh, Kevin Sweeney um, here's what Samantha Power, the former ambassador to the United Nations under President Obama, tweeted last night about Admiral Sweeney's departure. Quote, it is January 5th, 2019. We have no Secretary of Defense and now no Department of Defense Chief of Staff, no Attorney General, and no evident guardrails in Trump's inner circle. The President is unhinged. Even GOP zealots know it. Republicans inside and outside the administration must stop enabling Trump and protect America, unquote. That's a rather stark picture of the Trump administration. Do you agree with that view? Uh, I largely do agree that all of the adults are one by one being forced out of the room. Anyone that had the standing uh, or the independence to speak out uh, to the president, to tell the president what he needed to hear, not what he wanted to hear, has been pushed aside. And now you have a lot of yes people serving the president. Uh, and with this kind of a president who is a, as impulsive as he is, uh, who makes up claims out of whole cloth, uh, and you talked earlier today about the astonishing claim that the Soviets invaded 
Afghanistan to fight terror. Um, that's not something you say out of frustration. That's a Kremlin talking point. Uh, and if he doesn't have anyone who will tell them, uh, tell him, Mr. President, that's flat out wrong. Where are you getting this from? Uh, and Mr. Mulvaney may review the documents that come to the president's desk. He doesn't get to review every phone call the president makes and who's whispering in the president's ear. Someone is giving him these ideas about Montenegro and about, uh, you know, what uh, the Soviets invaded Afghanistan for, what the really what's being presented in the Duma right now is the Russian point of view. So uh, it is deeply concerning. Republicans in Congress do need to speak out. History is going to hold them accountable. Uh, and now is the time. I want to ask you about a comment from your fellow uh, Democratic uh, Congresswoman, uh, Rashida Tlaib, this week. The Democrats need to, quote, impeach the mother effer, referring, referring to President Trump. Uh, forgetting the, the language for a second, her comments underscore the desire of Democrats to impeach President Trump. Eighty percent of Democratic voters want the president to be impeached. How much pressure do you feel to take action against President Trump, even if you personally aren't there yet in terms of any evidence? Well, first of all, Jake, uh, I'm in a u unique position to say this, considering the president made my last name a profanity. Uh, this president is not in a position to talk about the use of language. Nobody has done more to debase the political uh, sphere, the public square, than Donald Trump. But in terms of the merits of impeachment, we need to see what Bob Mueller has to say. And I really think it's premature for Democrats to be talking about what the remedy ought to be before we know the full body of evidence. And All right. Thanks, everybody. All right, I want to say, I had to cut in there. Uh, this shutdown is the longest shutdown in history. I don't think I have to tell you that. This shutdown is the longest shutdown in history. Economic damage from this shutdown is growing nationwide. People are hurting. I know it's a lot of people out there listening to my show and think this is nothing. They're laughing. They're smirking. Well, laugh and smirk all you want to. Just do not call this show, okay? Uh, people are hurting. People are really, really hurting. Uh, they've never hurt this bad before. This is the longest shutdown, and it's not over yet. I don't want there to be a shutdown. I think uh, nobody in their right mind, if Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Whoever. Nobody really wants a shutdown. We want this country open. But I do want the Democrats to stand strong. And I do believe that this is not about a wall. I mean, in the last few days, there has been nothing whatsoever mentioned about a wall. And this is not about a wall. This is about Trump wanting control. This is about Trump wanting power and holding on to that power. This is Trump wanting to be a everybody, every agency, everyone in America what to do. And he can't do that. He has to go through channels. Trump is trying to do things now to bypass Congress. You don't bypass Congress on, on a lot of things, but he's looking for ways to bypass Congress. Because he knows that the Democrats in the House of Representatives, they're not going to go for his bullshit. However, the Republicans in the Senate will. They will. Mitch McConnell will. 
So what we have is a divided government, folks. A house against itself cannot stand. Who said that? Abraham Lincoln? Something similar? This government shutdown continues. This shutdown is now the longest in U.S. history, and negotiations have been frozen for almost four weeks. A month. A monthly government shutdown. Even this sleazy Lindsey Graham is saying, stop the crap and open up the government. But Trump is not listening. Last minute, Trump pulls a military aircraft from Pelosi. Uh and she's saying that she had canceled the trip a long time ago, but Trump is still going to try to use this. And Trump is saying right now that he's going to, as I mentioned, he's going to use this shutdown in the twenty in his twenty twenty reelection. If the Demo- I mean, if the Republicans had any sense, they would run somebody. Uh, they would primary Trump. They would they would um, run somebody against him if they think that they're going to win again against. If they think they're going to get this guy reelected, and that's only if Donald Trump makes it to 2020. He may not make it. <laughs> he could resign. He could be indicted. Nancy Pelosi, uh, some of the Democrats are saying, hey, yeah, he can be indicted. There's nothing in the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, that says Donald Trump cannot be indicted. That clause on the uh, DOJ DOJ's book, the Department of Justice, is saying a sitting president cannot be indicted. That's BS. This country is uh, this country followed the laws of the United States Constitution, and the Constitution says doesn't say anything about not indicting a criminal president. So I'm hoping Mueller. Uh, but however, Mueller being an FBI man himself, he just may follow the follow um, the Department of Justice guidelines in saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted. But I think it's bull. If it's not in the Constitution, a sitting president can be indicted. I not, and I think Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats in the House of Representatives, I believe they agree too. They agree also. Excuse me. This is bull. This is bull. I mean, if everybody, if everyone, if, if if just about everyone in Donald Trump's circle has gone to jail, been indicted, or gone to prison around him in his circle, uh, the only thing that's saving his ass is the Justice Department. And Mueller is probably going to follow. Uh, he, from what I'm hearing about Mueller, he uh, he follows all rules being an FBI man himself. So, you know, however, Donald Trump, uh, there's people who are saying, well, Donald Trump will resign. Donald Trump will not resign. He loves power too much. He likes uh, kicking people when they're down. He likes keeping his feet on the necks of Americans. He loves power. He will not resign. And secondly, the second reason Donald Trump will not resign, if he resigns, he becomes a private citizen, and the indictments will eat him up. The indictments will eat him up. Michael Korn, is, his lawyer, 
uh, is set to uh, testify before Congress February 7th. Um, it's going to go – his testimony is going to be everything for the House of Representatives. It's going to mean nothing. Please, you know, uh, when it comes to Mitch McConnell, it's going to mean nothing because he's such – he is so – this man is so afraid of Donald Trump, it makes me stutter. He is so afraid, and he he looks like what millions of Americans say he looks like, a turtle. They call him Turtle. There's other names for him, but I will not say those names on this show. <laughs> so you know what kind of other names they're calling Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell is getting his ass ripped in his own state. Uh, Kentucky, okay. In his own state of Kentucky, they are ripping him a new one. And this man is 76, 77 years old. Can he take it? Can his heart take it? But they are ripping him a new one. They are saying that he was, and I believe they are saying that he can end this shutdown the next hour, the next minute, if he wanted to. He doesn't want to because he's saying that he's not going to. Uh, go against Donald Trump as he blames the Democrats for the shutdown. The Democrats are not blamed for this shutdown. They have they have nothing to do with this shutdown. Democrats are spineless. They're weak. One of the things they will never do is shut the government down, at least not for a month. They wouldn't shut the government down for two days. But it's been almost a month Four weeks. This is ridiculous. Shut down by a man who drinks Coke, Coke every day, eats hamburgers and French fries. I know you heard this. He misspelled hamburgers. <laughs> wow. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We've been covering a lot of stuff here, folks. I'm glad you tuned in. We're going to do this, a little humor. I think we need some humor on the show, don't you? Yeah, here we go. I think this is George Carlin. People are fucking nuts. This country is full of nitwits and assholes. You ever notice that? Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, my goodness, right. Yeah. Nitwits, assholes, fuck-ups, scumbags, jerk-offs, and dipshits. And they all vote. They all vote, yeah. In fact, sometimes you get the impression they're the only ones who vote. You can usually tell who's been doing the voting by looking at the fucking election returns. Man, it sure ain't me out there wasting my time with a meaningless activity like that. You know those people on the Jerry Springer show? Those are the average Americans. Oh, yeah, believe me, below average can't get on the show. Can't get on. Below average are sitting home watching that shit on TV, getting ready to go out and vote, filling out their sample ballot. People are fucking dumb. You can say what you want about this country, and I love this place. I love the freedoms we used to have. I love it. I love that. You know? Uh-huh. 
I love it when it didn't take a fucking catastrophe to get us to care for one another. I love the fact that we're on camera all the time from all angles. But you know what? You can say what you want about America. And I say I love this place. I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't live in any other time in history in any other place. But say what you want about America. Land of the free, home of the brave. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. Dumbass motherfuckers. You know? Yeah. Now, obviously, that doesn't include this audience. I understand that. You seem intelligent and perceptive, but the rest of them, holy jumping fucking shitballs. Dumber than a second coat of paint. And this ain't just ranting and raving. This ain't just blowing off steam. I got a little evidence to support my claim. It just seems to me, seems to me, that only a really low IQ population could have taken this beautiful continent this magnificent American landscape that we inherited. Well, actually, we stole it from the Mexicans and the Indians, but hey, it was nice when we stole it. It looked pretty good. It was pristine. Paradise. Have you seen it lately? Have you taken a good look at it lately? It's fucking embarrassing. Only a nation of unenlightened half-wits could have taken this beautiful place and turned it into what it is today, a shopping mall. A big fucking shopping mall. You know that? That's all you got. That's all you've got here, folks. Mile after mile of mall after mall. Many, many malls. Major malls and mini malls. They put the mini malls in between the major malls. And in between the mini malls, they put the mini marts. And in between the mini marts, you got the car lots, gas stations, muffler shops, laundromats, cheap hotels, fast food joints, strip clubs, and dirty bookstores. America the Beautiful, one big transcontinental commercial cesspool. And how do the people feel about all this? How do the people feel about living in a coast-to-coast -coast shopping mall? Well, they think it's just fucking dandy. <laughs> they think it is cool as can be, because Americans love the mall. They love the mall. That's where they get to satisfy their two most prominent addictions at the same time, shopping and eating. Millions of semi-conscious Americans, day after day, shuffling through the malls, shopping and eating, especially eating. Americans love to eat. They are, they are fatally attracted to the slow death of fast food. Hot dogs, corn dogs, triple bacon, cheeseburgers, deep-fried butter, dipped in pork fat and cheese whiz, mayonnaise-soaked, barbecued mozzarella, patty melts. Americans will eat anything, anything, anything. If you were selling sautéed raccoons' assholes on a stick... <laughs> Americans would buy them and eat them, especially if you dipped them in butter and put a little salsa on them. This country is big time, pig time. Forget the bald eagle. You know what the national emblem of this country ought to be? A big bowl of macaroni and cheese. A big bowl, because everything in this country is king size. King size, extra large, and super jumbo, especially the fucking people. Have you seen some of the people in this country? Have you taken a good look at some of these big, fat motherfuckers walking around? Big, fat motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Huge piles of redundant protoplasm lumbering through the malls like a fleet of interstate buses. The people in this country are immense, massive bellies, monstrous thighs, and big, fat fucking asses. And if you stand there for a minute and you look at one of them, you look at one of them, you, you, you begin to wonder, how does this woman take a shit? How does she shit? And even more frightening, how does she wipe her ass? 
Can she even locate her asshole? She must require assistance. Are paramedics trained in this field? And standing right next to her, of course, with a plate full of nachos and a mouthful of pie is her clueless fucking husband, Joe Sixpack. With his monstrous swollen beer belly hanging dangerously out over his belt, beer belt buckle, this guy ain't seen his dick since the Nixon administration. And if you stand there and you look at the two of them, you begin to wonder to yourself, do these people fuck? Is this man actually capable of fucking this woman? It doesn't seem structurally possible that these two people could achieve penetration. Maybe they're in that Cirque du Soleil or something. I'm telling you, the people in this country, are every, half, every one of them is 50 pounds overweight. They are gargantuan. And in the summertime, God help us, in the summertime, they all want to wear short pants. Jesus, Lord, protector of all that is good and holy, deliver me from fat people in short pants. They all got short pants, big bellies, fat thighs, and dumb kids. Short pants, big bellies, fat thighs, and dumb kids. Every one of them's got two dumbass kids with them. And the whole family is wearing T-shirts, and every one of them's got the same T-shirt. I'm with stupid. Apparently in this country, the stupids are an extended family. And besides wearing them T-shirts, everyone in the family's got on a backpack. They got a backpack strapped to their back so they can carry around lots of stupid shit. And the reason they got to carry their stupid shit strapped to their backs is because their hands must remain free at all times to hold food. And to get that food up to the mouth where it gets shoveled in with all the rest of the disgusting shit they ate that day. And another reason for the backpacks is these people are going to buy even more stupid shit. They ain't got enough stupid shit at home. They just had a stupid shit sale. They ain't got to buy more. They're going to go out and... All right, George Carlin. Freedom. This is what I call freedom.
say what you want to say. Let the children play while they want to play. And work when you want to work. Guys, when you want to play. Oh, that's freedom. 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 When you want to laugh. And cry when you want to cry. had the opportunity to reopen the federal government and twice denied that opportunity to actually happen. Here's what happened on Thursday in the Senate. There were two separate bills, one that would have provided funding for the Department of Homeland Security, uh, another that would have provided funding for all of the other government agencies that are currently shut down through September 30th. These were Democrat-backed bills, Uh, similar to ones in the House of Representatives that also have bipartisan support over there, Mitch McConnell refused to allow discussion on these bills, effectively killing them. So as of right now, Mitch McConnell's the one guy standing in the way of reopening the federal government. Here's why that's important. These things we've been talking about all week. First and foremost, today, our federal court system runs out of money. Our federal court system runs out of money. We have furloughed government workers applying by the thousands for unemployment benefits, which is going to put an enormous strain on this system. We have hundreds of thousands of government workers either working and not getting a paycheck or not working and not getting a paycheck. And here's the thing. Uh, Today, this Friday, today, um, there's stories going around and even pictures in some cases of air traffic controllers showing the paychecks that they got today for the last couple of weeks and the paychecks read zero dollars and zero zero cents. So air traffic controllers, you know, the folks who already have a crazy stressful job trying to make sure planes don't crash into one another, they're not getting paid for it at all. TSA agents are not being paid. You know, I, I, I'm old enough to remember when there was a whole lot of concern over the safety of air travel in the United States. You know, that's why the TSA exists, because we were so concerned about somebody horrible getting through and doing unspeakable acts of terror here on the United States soil. And now we're just like, screw it. 
We're not going to pay you. We're not going to reopen the government, even though you are vital. And I know there's some conservatives out there who call these folks non-essential. If you think air traffic controllers and TSA agents are non-essential, then you absolutely know nothing about American history or world history for that matter. These people are vital. These people are suffering. And Mitch McConnell doesn't give a damn. Mitch McConnell would rather show his party that he is not going to bend. He is not going to break. He is going to stand behind Donald Trump for this unnecessary border wall. And Mitch McConnell is very soon going to find himself with allies that include maybe Lindsey Graham. And that's probably about it. Well, maybe Steve King over on the House. But uh, Republicans are starting to break. They're starting to fracture. I mean, even last week, there were, were many Republicans in the House of Representatives willing to sign on to bipartisan legislation to just reopen the government without the border wall. As this continues, as this drags on, we're going to see more Republicans breaking ranks. We're already seeing them come out in the media and say, this is unacceptable. We've got to reopen. We've got to do it. And ironically, on Wednesday of this week, Donald Trump came out and said, no, there's total unity behind me. All Republicans are with me. They're not. You got two or three powerful ones behind you, and the rest of them are freaking out because they understand when they go back to their constituents, they are going to be the ones blamed for this disaster. And they don't want to face those consequences. They don't want to lose an election because Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell refuse to admit that they've screwed up. But that is exactly what's happening today. No respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president. No puppet. No puppet. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear you won't admit that the the Russians... Good morning and welcome to AM Joy. Well, there's probably nothing more triggering for Trump's base than the suggestion that Hillary Clinton is right about something. But her prognosis back in 2016 that Trump was a puppet for Putin sure looks a lot more plausible after two jaw-dropping reports from this weekend alone. The first from the New York Times reporting that the FBI opened a counterintelligence inquiry into whether Trump was secretly working for Russia. And now the second bombshell, this time from the Washington Post, reporting that Trump, quote, has gone to extraordinary lengths to conceal details of his conversations with Russian President Vladimir Putin. And that on at least one occasion, Trump took possession of the notes of his own interpreter and instructed the linguist not to discuss what had transpired during his chat with Putin with other administration officials. The White House has now had 38 hours to respond to the New York Times story. And even if the initial shock made it you know, hard for them to figure out what to say, how to explain that 38 hours later, no one in the administration, including Trump himself, has been able to utter the simple phrase, of course the president isn't working for the Kremlin. Instead, what we've seen are these weird, umbrage-filled non-denials. Por ejemplo, here is Trump's lengthy non-denial response to his pal Janine Pirro on Fox News last night. Are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. But you look uh, at what's going on. You know, I fired James Comey. I call him Lion James Comey because mm-hmm. uh, he was a 
Terrible liar, and he did a terrible job as the I FBI director. Look at what happened with Hillary Clinton. The folks in Russia. I've been tougher on Russia than anybody else, any other, probably any other president, period. Including the fact that we're doing oil like we've never done it. We're setting records in our country with oil and exporting oil and many other things. I, I think so, it was a great insult, and the New York Times is a disaster as a paper. It's a, uh, it's a very horrible thing, they said. Okay, just a TV note. Our producers cut that down from a two-minute answer. Okay, two-minute answer by Donald Trump. And in case you're counting, it was 349 words that Trump spoke. 349 words, none of which were the word no. Let's bring in our mega panel to break this all down. Joining me now, Frank Segluzzi, MSNBC national security analyst and former assistant director for counterintelligence at the FBI. Jill Weinbanks, former assistant Watergate prosecutor. Natasha Bertrand of The Atlantic. Maya Wiley, senior vice president for social justice at the New School. And Evelyn Farkas, MSNBC national security analyst. Frank, I'm coming to you first. Um, thank you for being here in person. We now have you in person. Yesterday we had you call in because we just wanted to talk to you about this. What do you make of the fact that in 38 hours since this story broke, since I spoke with you about it on the Rachel Maddow show, the White House, his lawyers, and Donald Trump himself have yet to utter the phrase, of course the president is not working for Russia. Joy, I'm thinking you might have a future in FBI interrogation techniques <laughs> and psycholinguistics because you're right. Um, if you study the responses, if you study the White House reaction and you study the clips that you just the clips that you just played, you don't have an all-out denial. Um, and it and it it really raises eyebrows if you're someone who's in the interview and and human observation business. Something's troubling about that. And let's remember that as we continue to move forward, the, the FBI opened this case a long time ago with suspicions. But let's look at what's happened since then. As recently as the last two weeks, I still see the president sending signals that he's still joined at the hip with Russians. For example, the statement that Russia was right, quote unquote, to go into Afghanistan. For example, the briefing last week by Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin that Nancy Pelosi described as perhaps the worst briefing she's ever uh, received, where he talked about softening sanctions on Russians. We're still seeing that kind of bizarre, unexplainable cozying up and covering for Russia. It, it, it is bizarre, and uh, you know, uh, Jill, let me let me go to my wife first. I'm going to go to I want to go to a lawyer first. If, the, if this was a, a legal case and you had a defendant. Um, who, when asked a very simple question, did what you just heard Frank Lugiesi talk about, said everything else. You know, Donald Trump went into every area you could think of, every person he's ever disliked, but he never said he didn't actually do it. If this was a client or, 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 you know, or a defendant, what would you make of the fact that he simply didn't deny it? And let me just give you what the White House, just for a little background for folks who haven't been paying attention to it as closely. This was how the White House originally responded to the story. The Washington Post story is so outrageously inaccurate it doesn't even warrant a response. The liberal media has wasted two years trying to manufacture fake collusion scandal. Instead of reporting the fact that unlike President Obama, they hit President Obama, who let Russia and other foreign adversaries push America around. President Trump has actually been tough on Russia. That was something Trump said too, just, I'm tough on Russia, I'm tough on Russia, I'm tough on Russia. And now, here is the CIA director, uh, Mike Pompeo, on Face the Nation. The notion that President Trump is a threat to American national security is absolutely ludicrous. The idea that's contained in the New York Times story that 
uh, President Trump was a threat to American national security is, is silly on its face and not worthy of a response. And I'm sorry, he's former CIA, former CIA director and current Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. What would you make of it if a client or a defendant, Maya Wiley, was, was doing or, or their representatives were doing these things rather than just saying I didn't do it? If it's my client, I think I have the world's worst witness that I don't ever want to be on a witness stand, certainly not in front of a jury, let alone a judge. I also, if I'm on the other side, I think this is the worst attempt I have ever seen to distract me from probably one of the most serious allegations that could possibly be made. If you are the commander-in-chief and not the traitor-in-chief, the first and foremost thing you would do, particularly knowing you're staring down the barrel of a prosecutor's gun, is you say no. It is the only thing that comes to your mind. But in this case, what Donald Trump does is what he usually does, and he dissembles into distraction rather than facts. And he absolutely, as a sitting president, if he's going to be responsible, dead in the eye of the American people, and says, I absolutely am going to respond to this because it's ludicrous. He hasn't done that. Moreover, he can't, given the facts of this case. Remember, just to piggyback on something that Frank said, the FBI briefed Donald Trump about the possibility of Russians trying to infiltrate the campaign when he was nominated and became the Republican nominee, his campaign had already had seven contacts with Russians at that point, and they never, despite the fact that the FBI asked them to, never then continued to report contact with Russians. It, it, it is it is uh, bizarre. Evelyn Parker, I'm going to come to you on this because, you know, to just build on what we just heard uh, from, from Frank and Maya, the FBI was alerted to Donald Trump's weird behavior even during the campaign. One piece of the New York Times story, investigators had watched with alarm as the Republican Party softened its convention platform on the Ukraine crisis in a way that seemed to benefit Russia. It was the only change made to the RNC platform. There were no other changes requested by the Trump campaign. Only this, and it was a change to the Ukraine plank, which had been strong on the idea that Russia should not have, have taken Crimea. This softened. It was the only change they made. Item, uh, that this was what alarmed them. So, right, the Republican platform does not call for arming Ukraine against Russia, which spurred outright. That was actually a headline from July of 2016, in which that raised alarms even publicly, right? Yeah. Add to that now... We now know that Donald Trump has taken calls and meetings with Vladimir Putin, including in Helsinki after that bizarre press conference. And here's an item from the Washington Post, and this is from Saturday. U.S. officials said there's no detailed record, even in classified files, of Trump's face-to-face -face interactions with the Russian leader at five locations over the past two years. Such a gap would be unusual in any presidency, let alone one in which Russia sought to install through what U.S. intelligence agencies have described as an unprecedented campaign of election interference, the current occupant of the White House. Your thoughts? I mean, there's so much there, Joy, I don't even know where to start, and I don't have enough time. But, I mean, first, on the platform, remember, Republicans were just as strong on voicing their concern about Russia being an adversary of the United States 
as as Democrats were and on the need to defend Ukraine. So it was highly unusual that coming out of the Republican convention, they had a softer platform than what President Obama was recommending because the Republicans on the Hill, which obviously would have been the Republicans at the convention, were saying we need to do more to help Ukraine. So that was alarming. And then, of course, at the same time, you had newspaper accounts of Roger Stone, of Carter Page going and having these meetings in Russia. People like me were highly alarmed at even the few quotes we had coming out of the Obama administration. Fast forward then to, you know, President Trump having these meetings with Vladimir Putin and not having staff present. I mean, that is outrageous because you, I mean, there's, it's unprecedented what he did there. And the fact that he then further, you know, directed the interpreters to not talk to anyone and, and t apparently took notes, uh, took their notes on one occasion is again, greater cause for concern and you think to yourself whose side is he on yeah so obviously it's a it's a huge um, problem it's not surprising to those of us who have followed it but let's say uh, uh, last july uh, okay just as an example of, of this the director of national intelligence dan coates um is asked at the aspen institute about this health thinking health meeting about these meetings uh, that took place with Vladimir putin one would think at least the dni would know what happened in these meetings but here's what he said I don't know what happened in that meeting. Um, I think uh, as time goes by, and the President has already mentioned some things that happened in that meeting, I think we will learn more. We have not learned more, Natasha. We have not learned more. Well, what's going on in the White I mean, What is your reporting on the White House? Their, their 38 hours has not been the best. It's not been, they've not been covered in glory in their response. They haven't seemed to know what to say. Um, what about whether or not we are ever going to find out what happened in that Helsinki meeting? Yeah, well, I was in the room when Dan Coates was speaking to Andrea Mitchell at the Aspen Security Forum, and I, let me tell you, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. People were just in shock that the Director of National Intelligence was not read into this, that he didn't seem to know anything about what the President was talking about with our biggest foreign adversary right now. Um, and on top of that, he also was not told that the President was actually planning to invite Vladimir Putin to the White House after everything that has occurred over the last two years, after mounting evidence that Russia interfered in the election, and that President President Trump may have actually played had a hand in that. Um, in terms of the White House response, it's unsurprising that they would try to distract from the main points made in the Times article, which is that the FBI, of course, was extremely concerned that the president might be either compromised by or an agent of Russia. I think it's really telling that the president would not respond to that question directly when he was asked by Judge Janine last night. I'm sure that she was just expecting him to say, um, no, I am not an agent of Russia. But he, of course, went off on this tangent that ultimately made him look worse than it would have. But just one more point on the change in the Ukraine platform during the RNC um, convention. I, I, I did a lot of reporting on that, and I think it's really important that people realize that this was not something that was considered lightly by the Trump campaign. You had a man named J.D. Gordon, who was kind of the national security advisor to the campaign at that time. And when he heard that this amendment was being proposed to the platform, to the Ukraine platform, um, that would require, that would commit, um, that, that the president and the Republicans would support arming Ukrainians against Russia, he jumped out of his seat and he rushed up there and he said, we need to table this amendment now so that I can make a call to New York, where of course Donald Trump's campaign was headquartered, and run this by them. Now, why was he so concerned about why about the optics of this? Why was he so concerned that Trump would be very wary of having that contained in, in the platform? That is, an, that is a question, and it took a lot of prying before this man, J.D. Gordon, was willing to admit, yeah, I was acting at the, at the direction of the campaign. Yeah, and let's not forget who Paul Manafort 
who was the campaign chairman, worked for, uh, which was the, the Ukrainian leader who was in this way of, of Vladimir Putin. I'm um, Jill Weinbanks. Um, you now have Congress with a lot more to look into, thanks to these two new reports and the fact that there may even be an ongoing, we don't know if it's an ongoing investigation into whether the president is working against national, U.S. national interests. Uh, one of the things that Congress apparently is going to look into is this Trump Tower that Donald Trump wanted to build. Um, in, in in Moscow and maybe give the penthouse to Vladimir Putin. Your thoughts? I think that right, one of the things...
longest shutdown in American history. The longest. Four weeks. Going on four weeks. Going on one month. At the date of this show, one month. And there's no end in sight. Mitch McConnell blocks bill to reopen most of government. Keeps claiming that he doesn't want Trump to get pissed off at him. And he, he, he could be right. And he's also blaming the Democrats, as, as I've stated earlier. Uh, but this shutdown is just is just hurting so many people. I know I know I'm I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but you know I really don't care because people are hurting, and we have a president who just doesn't give a damn about people. Just doesn't care about people. He has no empathy. There's no feeling for anyone. He can't put his place. He can't put himself in place of no one who works for a living, who has family that they have to feed and take care of, buy clothes. Right now, the FBI is doing something that's FBI field offices have opened food banks to help unpaid staff. You think Trump could do something like that? Trump is not going to open open up any food banks because he doesn't want the poor to rub off on him. He's afraid of that. So the FBI is saying, basically the FBI is giving thing, uh, Trump the finger because you know how Trump has been uh, blasting and lying on the FBI. I'm pretty sure most of those people who work for the FBI are Republicans. But a lot of them have changed their affiliation. They are either Democrats or they are independent. Comey, for instance, he was a Republican. Donald Trump made him become an independent. George Will, a staunch Republican, hated Democrats. Now he's either a Democrat or an independent. And there are so many grassroots Republicans who are now either Democrat or or uh, uh, independence. Trump has really damaged America along with damaging his own base, his core supporters. They are walking away from him, from him in droves. You got a few diehard uh, Trump supporters. No matter what the fuck that man does to, to screw up America, they're going to be right there with him. They're going to be right there with him. But the core of his base, who, who he doesn't give a fuck about either, Trump doesn't care about his base because Republican or Democrat, Trump will throw you under the bus to save his own skin. And they know it. But they, like Mitch McConnell, is so afraid of Donald Trump, a man who cannot spell hamburger, a man who tweets out policy, misspelled, grammatically incorrect tweets, and he just keeps doing it as if being a dummy is is okay. Uh, I don't like Trump, okay? I'm going to say it uh, and – 
a lot of you out there know that. I didn't. I don't even have to say it, but just by listening to me and the things that I say about Trump and the things I try to get across on this show about politics in general, you know I don't like Trump. Okay, I've heard other talk show hosts say that they don't like Trump. I've heard television personalities say that they do not like Trump, and I don't like Trump. Okay, you can spin that any way you want to. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and this shutdown is even getting to me. Even though I'm not a federal worker, I just hate to see so many people, young people, beautiful people, white, uh, uh, black, uh, uh, Asian, Muslim, beautiful people who have done nothing wrong, abide by the law, working to take care of their families, to see them suffering in, in, in this way. Because of Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell, these people are the blame for what's going on. No matter how much they try to blame Democrats, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell them, it's not going to work. It's not working. We know who started this. We know who done this, and we don't like it, and it wasn't Democrats, okay? This is Trump's shutdown. This is his shutdown. He owns it. Mitch McConnell, he blocks bills to reopen the government. He owns it. The Democrats are trying to get it open, but they can't do it by themselves. They're going to need Republican. Uh, They need this Republican vote to override Donald Trump, and Mitch McConnell is standing in the way of that. Donald Trump could sign the bills on his desk right now to reopen the government, but he's not going to do it. And this is, as I've said, folks, this is not about a wall. This is Donald Trump trying to exert his power of presidency. Since Donald Trump has been president of the United States, we all know that he's overstepped his bounds. We all know that he has abused his power and still abusing it. Donald Trump knows he is going down. He knows he's going down. He knows he can't last. He knows his presidency is going to be over, whether it's over in a few months or 2020. He knows it's going to be over. Donald Trump wants to take America down with him. He says, I'm going down. America's going down with me. And that's what's happening. That is what's going on, folks. Uh, It just breaks my heart that so many people are suffering. And they did nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, George, you're a bleeding hearty. uh, What? Well, George, you are a bleeding heart liberal. No, I'm not. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. That's what it's all about. And I've said this several times. You do not screw with people's lives. You do not screw with people's paychecks, their families, their children, their livelihoods. You do not mess with that. This is why I say the Republican Party is over. It's going to take a few years to get them all out of government. But folks, vote out 
all Republicans. Get rid of them. They're thugs. They're crooks. They're criminals. Get rid of them. They don't care about you. Get rid of them. You American people gave these clowns their jobs. They, once they're in office, they turn their backs on the people who put their asses in office. Then they start taking money, lying, cheating, lying in their pockets with tax cuts. Robin Hood in reverse. Take from the poor and give to the rich. That's not right. That is not right. And I think all people who are supporting Donald Trump, they support this shutdown. If you're defending Donald Trump, do not call this show. Don't even listen to the show. I am not a Donald Trump fan. I can't stand him. And I will never like him. Donald Trump deserves more than just impeachment. He deserves more than just impeachment. He deserves prison time. Some people are going beyond that and saying he deserves a lot more than just impeachment and prison. And I think he does. The man is an enemy of the United States. He Remember, he kept saying that the, uh, that the uh, press is the enemy. No, the, the enemy is in the White House. That's our enemy. Donald Trump is the enemy of America. He's the enemy of the American people. I have said for, for, for a couple of months or maybe a year that Donald Trump's war is not with Iran, Syria, or Russia. Donald Trump's war is with the American people. With the American people. The Republican Mitch McConnell's war is with the American people. Is with the American people. All they want to do is line their pockets and step on the backs of people who uh, are not millionaires and billionaires. And they don't care. You can support Donald Trump. You, you can like him. You can like what he does. You think he's a great president. Donald Trump is a scoundrel. He will step on you. He doesn't give a shit about you being his supporter. He doesn't care if you like him. He doesn't care if you support him. He just wants you to kiss his ass. He wants you to be loyal. And there's a lot of people out there who are willing to kiss Donald Trump's ass and, and be proud of it. And they're proud of it. Well, uh, I'm proud of it. Donald Trump will take away your Social Security, your Medicaid. Well, he's just trying to uh, make things better. He, gonna, he ain't going to do shit. This man is an embarrassment to the United States. This shutdown, I mean, he was screwing up before this shutdown. This man is implicated in two felonies, maybe three or four felonies. Maybe he will be indicted as a sitting president because it's just ridiculous to say that he cannot be indicted because he's a president of the United States. That makes him somewhat above the law. And no one, no one is above the law. Particularly this dumbass fuck, he is not above the law. The worst president in American history. The longest shutdown in American history. 
And these bimbo assholes, Republicans, are blaming Democrats. Folks, don't buy it. Do not. They have to say something. The Republicans know their, their uh, party is done. They know their party is done. Because a lot of them are, uh, are quaking in their boots because of this. They know when they get back home to this constituency from uh, uh, Washington, D.C., they're going to get their they, – they're going to get ripped a new one from the people who put their asses in office. And they will be primaried if they're up for re-election in 2020. They will lose their jobs. They will be voted out. A lot of them taking money from the NRA. And a lot of Republican donors, they're so fucking fed up with the Republican Party. They're not giving these people, they're not giving these uh, candidates money to run. As I've said earlier, Donald Trump was on television begging for campaign money for 2020. Give me a break. You know, it, it was comical. As much as he has destroyed and continue to destroy America, and he wants America to send him money for re-election after you done destroyed people's lives? Give me a break. The only way, if Donald Trump makes it to 2020, and I don't, he might, but I'm guessing he won't, but he could. If he makes it to 2020 and he doesn't have anybody, uh, he's not primary. Um, he will not win the election. If Donald Trump wins in 2020, it will it will be because of Russia. It will be because uh, the Republicans cheated in some fashion or way. And I don't think it's going to be. And I don't think a lot of people are saying, "Well, he may win the electoral college." I doubt that. And I do think the electoral college should be abolished. I think most Democrats and independents think that the Electoral College should be abolished. But I'm pretty sure the Republicans do not want that. Why? Because the Electoral College benefit them. It gave us Donald Trump. So if, it, if, if the Electoral College had worked against uh, the Republicans in, in 2016, they would be talking abolishing it. But Michael Cohen, uh, who will be testifying before Congress on February 7, 2019, has said that Donald Trump, he rigged the 2016 election at the orders at the behest of Donald Trump. Where have we heard uh, that before where people are doing wrong because of Donald Trump? And Donald Trump lies through his teeth. If Donald Trump says something, more than likely believe the opposite. I'm hearing that there is a tab. I think the Washington Post is keeping a tab on Donald Trump's lies. I think Donald Trump is up to seven to eight hundred thousand, eight thousand lies. The Washington Post is keeping a tab on his lies. This is a newspaper that he hates. He can't stand uh, the Washington Post just like he can't stand California. And maybe he can't even stand Illinois because these are uh, blue states. 
These are blue states. Anyway, uh, I do feel for these young people, and I uh, I just hope they can hang in there, do what they have to do to survive, do what they have to do to stay off the street, do what they have to do to stay from becoming homeless, and that's going to be hard because I do think rental assistance uh, has been affected too. People who stay in their apartments who are having their rent paid by the government because they're in some ways they can't work or 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 they're you know through through some disability or something they can't work so the government pays for their rent to keep them off the street um i mean there's rental assistance uh just about in every one of these buildings throughout the uh united states and that's being affected too but i haven't heard much about that um that people are being evicted uh, because of the government uh, shutdown. Uh, but anyway, it, it's people are suffering. People are losing everything. And those of us who uh, are on the outside looking in, we are blessed. We should uh, try to help those out there who are suffering from this. I mean, if you can, if you can lend a hand, if you can volunteer to help people who are struggling because of this shutdown, Go out there and do it because we need to we need to um we need to do this. We're real Americans. We're gonna get through this. We just we just uh have a blip on our radar, which is Donald Trump, and he can't last forever. And I keep saying this, he's gonna go down. He he can't remain uh in the White House. Um I remember one time he called the White House a dump. He denied it, but you know, I mean, if you know Trump, if you <laughs> if you know Trump, and if you know anything, uh, uh, if you've been following him, you know that it was, that is something he probably uh, said. It's like he said, "shithole countries." If you know Donald Trump, you know he said these things, and um, it's just sad. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is just about off the air, folks. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to listen. Make sure you podcast the show. Tell your friends about it. You know. Participate, participate, always participate. In. I keep telling my son, participate. Don't, don't just watch or listen, but, but participate. Be a part of it. Be a part of uh, the solution, not the problem. So, um, yeah, get out there and volunteer. Help people out, uh, you know, until they can get back on their feet, until this shutdown is over, whenever it's over. Remember Donald Trump said he... He wouldn't mind seeing this shutdown go on for years, and maybe that could happen. Uh, he's ruining the economy. There's no doubt about that. He is purposely ruining the economy. This is not about a wall. This is about destroying America. This is about destroying America in the name of Russia. This is what this is, folks. And a lot of you people out there that are listening at the sound of my voice, you know this better than I do. The man is out to take this country down because he knows he's going down. So he wants to take America with him. Bye-bye, everybody. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone 